Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. again with another edition of Spin the Rally Pod from Dirtfish.com. I'm Lisa O'Sullivan, the humble rally fan, joined as ever by the esteemed brains of former sporting director George Donaldson, senior staff writer at Dirtfish.com David Evans and the voice of rally himself, Dirtfish's Colin Clark. So, oh, it's great to be back with you guys once again. And I have to say, even though I can't hear it, I can imagine it, I can smell it, I can feel the sound of a rally car testing in Finland. I can actually smell the mud burning on the bottom of the car. Even if it's dry mud, it still burns on the red hot exhaust. I can smell that, Lisa. It's a good smell. It's a really good smell. And if you listen, shh, shh, shh. There, you can actually hear that car bouncing <laughs> off the limiter. You can. Yeah, yeah. We can hear it. As I'm it sails it. through I'm the air. Fantastic. Boom. And away it goes again. It's been so long. It has been so long. And we're beginning to see things happening. Cars testing, teams announcing plans for rallies. It's all beginning to look an awful lot more positive, isn't it? It really is. So we should spell out the point that the team's are now allowed to go out and test. Testing was stopped. Um, and this seems to be the first stage, the first, well, wrong wrong choice of where the, the first point that we have an inkling that the championship may run again, potentially, possibly, maybe, let's not get ahead of ourselves in 2020. Yeah, that that's right, Lise. And, and we saw testing was banned until the end of May uh, and started again at the the start of June. We saw Hyundai Motorsport very quick out of the blocks, testing last week, week before last, whenever it was. Uh, these weeks are all blending into one. Um, <laughs> and, of course, Thierry Neville was pretty quick to fall over as well in, in quite a sizable crash at the end of the first day of testing for, for Hyundai. He rolled the car. Um, and they had to obviously take the take the car home back to back to Frankfurt, got it fixed. But we have Toyota testing this week. We see Kelly Rovan pair in the car, and that I think, for me guys, one of the things I want to talk about is we 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 saw Cole your video with Kelly Rovan pair uh, up on Dirtfish.com uh, last week. If you haven't seen it, you must go and watch it. It's really cool, really nicely done. But is Kelly Rovan pair the savior of Finland? Because right now, you know, I find it astonishing. You think 20 years ago, 20 years ago, Marcus Grunholm won his first world championship. Two years later, he won his second. And that was it. That was Mm. the end of Finland's reign um, in terms of world championships. And we have gone now, what is it? Nine plus six is 14. Hang on a sec. Can I just interrupt you there? Let me interrupt you there, David. And let's have a bit of a listen back to Callie's chat with Colin. Rovenpera has had a dream start to life in rallying's top tier, but like everyone, is struggling to find ways to cope with the demands of lockdown. Yeah, it's quite boring nowadays for me. I haven't been driving rally car or anything, so uh, yeah, that is the most boring part. But now I'm training physically quite much because we have a lot of time, and uh, basically that is the way I am spending my days. Sometimes I, I go to drive with drift cars and stuff like this and uh, now I have had time to do it a bit more so that's one uh, good thing about this because I have uh, more time for my hobbies. With momentum behind him, the forced break really couldn't have come at a worse time for the babyface Finn. This is not, not so good time, uh, at least for me, because I was just getting uh, used to the car and all the things in the WC car, so yeah, it was going really well. The beginning of the season was good, so it's sad that it came at this point. Now we maybe have to start a bit more from the beginning. 
With such an explosive start to the season, the frightening thing for the opposition is that Robin Perra believes there's a lot more to come. For sure, I can, I can be much better in many places, but I have also been doing, uh, I would say, good stages and places like this, this year already. And uh, I feel that uh, I can use the car in some places like in the maximum pace, but there is so many places where I can use it more. And uh, hopefully next seasons I can do it all the time and we can be faster. And it's not just speed we've seen this season. Discipline has been a big factor in Cali's impressive performances. Yeah, I was a bit surprised that uh, I can still control my driving with new car and much higher pace. And uh, it has been really nice to see and uh, I've been happy that I, I have been controlling so well and uh, not pushing when we don't need to and still learning all the time because the most important thing is to get all the kilometers. But with so little experience in world rally cars, there's still a lot to learn. For sure there has been uh, many places where I just need to drive more with the car to know what it does. And uh, we didn't do so much testing before this season. So uh, a lot of places like that has been coming in the rallies. And that's always difficult when you have some new things learning in the States. But uh, I, don't, I don't see any biggest factor for me what was the most difficult one. Because the car is easy to drive and uh, I just need to be really fast with that one. So you need to push a lot. There will be so many new places still this year and a new situation, so I think it's the confidence and experience from those and just building up the speed all the time. And already on the power stage in Sweden, we've seen glimpses of brilliance from the young Finn. We was maybe talking with Jonne that uh, we just need to have a clean run. It was actually really challenging weather and condition in the States. A lot of mud and water and then ice and uh, snow also, so it was for sure the most difficult stage I have ever done. So I was just thinking that I need to do my best without any... I would say I was not pushing too much where I, where I needed that or I knew that I cannot make difference. But then when I knew that here I can make some difference, I pushed more, so it was like a nice control at stage, but I was still uh, going flat out from start to finish. Born the son of a famous rally driving father, motorsport has been part of Robin Perra's life for as long as he can remember. Maybe when I started to drive with, uh, with my first rally car, when I was seven or eight with the Starlet. And then it, then it was just for fun. It was not like so big deal for me. Everybody said that it's, it's good to drive like that when you're so young, but for me it was like, quite normal. I didn't think about it too much. But then when we started to drive rallies in Latvia and we did already like proper pace compared to like some proper drivers, then I knew that maybe I know how to drive rally car. It's been almost two decades since a Finn won the World Rally Championship and it's quite clear that a nation expects. I try to not to think about it too much, but for sure there is uh, pressure coming from everybody and uh, people like to think like that, that it would be nice that if I, I would be the next one, but for me it's just, uh, for sure it's my goal also and uh, I try to just do everything to get my goal, not, not to think what everybody else thinks because I cannot help them. Robin Perra may be the baby of the Toyota outfit, but that's not how the team treat him. It has been really nice to see this year when we went to Toyota that uh, everybody took us really like seriously when we came. We didn't feel like that uh, we are some young drivers. We are working with the team really well. And uh, of course, the Tommy's and guys uh, experience is helping a lot. And uh, of course, dad is always, always helping me when, when he knows he can.
There he is, the man himself, WRC rookie Toyota's very own Kalarov and Paris speaking to Dirtfish.com's voice of rally, Colin Clark. And even though we have just played you an audio version of that, you really must check out the video on Dirtfish.com. It was posted back on June the 6th. For me, you know, that was a, a real insight into where Kalarov and Perra is, Cole. You know, the fact that we look at him as a 19-year-old. You know, and and you expect him to do almost quite an immature kind of guy, a typical 19-year-old, not being terribly disparaging to all 19-year-olds. But this guy has got so much maturity, such an old head. You know, at the start of the season, his father told me, he said, stop looking at at Calais as as an 18 or 19-year-old. Look at him as somebody in his mid to late 20s. That's where his experience is. Absolutely, absolutely, because he's been driving since he's so young. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But that, that interview, Colin, really brought it out, didn't it? In the in the aspect that, yes, he knows he may have to take a couple of steps back because of coronavirus. He's happy to do that. He knows he's got time. He's not going to rush. He knows he's found a limit in some places. He's happy to look for the limit somewhere else. And do you think, do we think, is he has to be surely the first Finn since Gronholm to win the championship? Well, he's certainly got a great chance, hasn't he? Yeah. He's got he's got a great chance, and it's it's no. But the, I think what we need to look at is potentially why he has attributes that will allow him to potentially push for the championship, and and I think it is inevitable. I think the guy has got world champion written all over him. But why, David, have we waited nearly twenty years for a worthy successor to the the great Finns of the past? We had Gronholm, we had Mackinnon. We had Kankinen, who for the best part of nearly two decades, certainly a decade and a half, dominated world rallying. We've had a 20-year hiatus in terms of Finnish but champions. You, what is different you've got about to, Robin Perra? Sebastians. Sebastians have got in the way. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, but also, you know, we've got, to, we've got to kind of almost look even further back. And, you know, George, I'm sure, will... Will back me up. You you go back to the absolute greats. You mentioned Mackinnon. I'm sure you were talking about Tommy, Timo Mackinnon, Rano yes. Alton, and Simo Lampinen. These guys were the absolute professors early doors. You know, these are the guys mm. that learnt, taught us left how to left foot brake a mini. You know how, and any driver that can step, George, you've you've done half of this, can step from a mini left foot braking a mini to a Healy three thousand. And, and win rallies in both. You know, yep. let's not forget Timo Mackinnon driving Oinipoya in whatever it was, late 60s, 67 or something, Thousand Lakes Rally. The bonnet came up, he couldn't see out of the window, so he kept putting the car sideways to look out of the side window <laughs> so he could see yep. which way he was going. You know, these yep. are fundamentally, naturally gifted, incredibly talented drivers. But what and, happened then, guys? What yep, happened for 20 years? Success I, breeds success. There's no question about that. You know, I'm sure at the start of the 2000s, Every single Finnish kid who was growing up wanted to be a Mackinnon, wanted to be a Kankinen, yeah. wanted to be uh, one of the greats from the old days. Why did we get that period? Why are we still in that period of 20 years without a Finnish champion? What's been missing, George? Right, OK. <clears throat> Long answer or short answer? <laughs> insightful answer. Oh, insightful, insightful answer, answer. Well, look, look. I mean, the, the, first of all, I mean, from Kankinen onwards... The, the hits from uh, from Finland were all done under the Timo Jokki uh, uh, motorsport banner. You know, he managed mm. all these drivers. He he nurtured them through. The first one he did was, was Juha Kankinen. He lent Juha his car. He saw that Juha was a great driver and lent Juha his car for an event. And that's what kicked it off. And then Juha went to Toyota. He had an English manager um, for, for a time. And then, Mike Grizzly. Mike Grizzly, and then he moved back. He moved back to, to the Yoki um, management fold, uh, and the, the Yoki management fold basically mastered all these drivers come through. I mean, it's a bit like you know Hitsville USA. It was it was Hitsville Finland, wasn't it? It's it was the right. the Motown the Motown of of rallying was Finnish drivers from the Yoki uh, stable, but they've had misses. You know, n- not necessarily misses in that the drivers concerned still made great career earnings and still had great results you know the the greatest one i think that hasn't been the champion has to be has to be um Mikko Hervonen you well, know who was well, up against Latvala Latvala is i mean absolutely as well of of course um but uh, it you really might, you might even say more so but let's just let's just stop there a sec george and let's mm-hmm. actually look into you know we all love absolutely love Yari Mati Latvala we do he is the nicest guy yep. but did he have, at the height of his power, 
did he have the temperament to be a world champion? When you look at that period in Volkswagen, but you know, potentially when he was right at the top of his game, I don't think he had the he had the mindset to to beat Sebastian Auger and to be a world champion. I think potentially Hervonen did. Um yeah. but I don't think Hervonen was the same driver as, as Sebastian Loeb. You look in 09 when he came within a point um, of, of winning the championship. Sebastian had had that rotten run where he clipped the tree route in, in Poland or something, oh, broke yeah. some suspension. Then he was... he was, he, he was yeah. Massive role in Greece. But, okay, Cole, that was, one, that was one thing that was his fault. But then he had the issue in Australia where there was mm-hmm. something was underweight and he, he lost the win. There was a whole succession of things that were very un-Citroen and un-Sebastian-like that opened this window for, for Hervonen to, to jump in. And, of course, famously, he missed by a point. That point was available in Sardinia that year where, where M Sport and Ford decided to not switch the places uh, and let Latvala win. Um, and turning them around... Uh, getting Hervonen into the into the win would have given Hervonen a champion that year. But for me, I don't think that Hervonen and Latvala sit in the same class as someone like Kankanen and the, no, you know, no, the Mikula, the Vatanen. I'll agree 100% with you on that, David. 100%, I don't think we've, yeah. we haven't seen a classic, genuine superstar Finn. And you're quite right, God. Why is this? You mentioned it um, about, about the Yoki thing. I wonder... If when Timo Yoki has the ability to place drivers in teams and when you've got wealth within the sport to do that, we've seen this in Formula One, does that take away the ability for natural talent to come through? Sebastian Ogier did not have that kind of backing. He had great backing from FFSA. And then, you know, he had good links with Citroen. So I guess this is probably not a great example. But Marcus Grunholm didn't have that backing, did he? He was not. The, he was absolutely not from the Yockey school and it took him a lot lot longer but he got there but you wonder how many Finns are out there with genuine absolute talent that they here's haven't the, been spotted here's the thing David and Yockey is an interesting man George you know him very well and I I've had the, the, the pleasure of sitting down and talking with him on a number of occasions and, and you know, we always exchange pleasantries when we see him around the service park but I remember mm, interviewing fella. He is a lovely fella. He is a really lovely fella. Mm. A very open mm. chap as well when you get the chance to talk to yeah. him. But I remember when you know, Temo Sunanen, Yoki had retired before he took on Temo Sunanen. He retired to Switzerland and he was out of rallying. And he came mm. back for Sunanen. And I remember asking him the question in an interview for Rally Radio and saying, what was it about Temo Sunanen? that made you get up out of your retirement armchair and get back out onto the stages, expecting him to say, oh, I was watching the results from such and such a rally and he was blowing the kids away and his speed was phenomenal and all this, that and the other. And he took a second or two and he went, the result of a psychometric test I asked him to do. And I went, sorry, you've got to say that Mm -hmm. again. And he said, yeah. He said, you know, okay, I was retired. But I still look around, I still saw the young Finnish drivers, and when I see young Finnish drivers, first thing I ask them to do is to take a psychometric test. And I want to see that they've got the right attitude. He said, Temo Sunanen's results were off the scale. Off the scale positive. And that is why I decided to get back involved again. And, you know, <laughs> you think back to the days of Kankinen and uh, Mackinen, and even Latvala and, and I suppose, Miko Harvinen, you know, psychometric testing, it is a very strange one. It is a very strange one indeed. But I suppose he said, he's, I said to him, is this something new? And he said, no, this is how I have always done it. And it was a massive surprise to me. So he's not changed his methodology over the year. Just the results of his methodology perhaps haven't quite stacked up of late. Look, it, it, comes, it comes down a lot to, I mean, the, the psychometric tests. They're also telling you what you can see with your own eyes and, and hear with your own ears and feel with your gut. When, when you meet someone, you can see if they're determined, if they're, if they're focused, if, if, you know, the, the people saying, I'll do anything to, to, to get on and rallying, and then they sit in the bar all night, you know, when they should be testing the next morning, spending money they could be buying new tyres with. You know, you, you can figure it out without necessarily doing psychometric tests. Um, I'm, I'm sure, uh, but I know that I know that Timo Yoki was at the um, was at the cutting edge of all that uh, that Finnish sports uh, uh, psychology stuff back in the at least in the early noughties, uh, but probably in the late nineties as well. Um, but so but the, the, the reality is that, that, that the drivers, 
the drivers they've chosen yeah. just haven't quite managed to shine through. I'm a great believer in Timo Sonnen, and I, I, I really right. do believe the guy can do it. And 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 you know his his, his um, go karting friend as well. Absolutely, um, they're they're both potential winners, and I, I still don't think they should be written off. Far from it. I think they've all got a chance, but we, we latch on instead to Cali Rovenpera, who is without a doubt just utterly exceptional. And that's, Tommy, that's, Tommy himself has explained to me why he was so exceptional. Um, that's that, that is at, at a brilliant point there, George. And you know we have been far too quick, not to dismiss, but perhaps not to give uh, the airtime that we should have done to to, to Tamo and, and Essa Pekalapi because yeah. both are great, you know, fabulous, fabulous drivers perhaps from a, a slightly different school that you know Calais has been in there for so long that he's come in at such a higher level than perhaps what they they both joined the sport in um yep. a, a few yep. years ago but and definitely he is doing incredibly well um but all these young drivers come in and they they reach a point where they normally plateau and yeah. i i discussed this with tommy i said well okay tommy he comes in and he's brilliant and he can go really fast on a test but he goes out in a rally and they'll start to bin it or he won't go fast enough and then people will be disappointed and all of a sudden he becomes an also-ran after, you know, five or six events. And Tommy said, well, you, you know, you might be right, but at the moment, everything we've seen him doing, he's not plateaued and he has actually okay. shown a skill level that is well above anyone else. But Dang still, yes. you've got to be able to put that together with intelligence and patience and building your experience, and these are things that when you when you talk to Cali and when you when you hear him talking and like in the interview, you realise that the guy does have the patience. He seems exactly. to have the temerity to wait and be patient. You know, he he, he has a lot of collateral in there. You know, was it the, the interview that was done with our current world champion that Tanak about uh, looking back eight or nine years? What would he do differently? Everything. He wished he could talk to himself in ten years' time and have not made the mistakes he made and accelerated his career well Callie's got that ability to look forward in time look backwards in time almost because of his his heritage his dad is going to give him all the insights and if he's got the ability to listen to it we're going to see an amazing mature driver coming through and it certainly seems that way I think we do have something different in Callie Rovenpera but I still think Absolutely. that um, Essa Pekka and Timo Sunanen can still come good that was the question I was going to ask you how much of a difference is it having somebody who's been by your side since you're a small child who's been there and done it to actually advise you and help you grow up very very quickly I mean as we were talking before this podcast started that he's been driving so much longer than people who are some years older than him well I mean you know anyone that knows his dad Harry Harry's the most lovely gentle human being but obviously with a core of steel to be a rally driver and, uh, you know, he's a Finn. He's got that core of steel. He's obviously managed to maintain a great relationship with his son through his teenage years. You know, they're probably, they're probably best friends. You know, not, not all parents have that relationship with their kids. Uh, and, and he obviously has, his son has realised that the, the, the key to, to doing something unique and successful, the path is there, the possibility is there if you follow these steps. And his dad's given him opportunities that, that are amazing. And I, I know Harry. Harry doesn't live an extravagant lifestyle. Cali Rovenpera will not be this, you know, wonderfully gifted child that all he does is drive rally cars. I'm sure he's, you know, he's putting the dishes in the dish, the dishwasher after dinner. He'll be making his own bed. He'll be doing his own washing, you know. He'll no, be I think behaving I, well. I've, got, I've got to say, George, I think you're wrong there. I think that all, all right, okay. Cali Rovenpera does is drive stuff. If, it, <laughs> if it's not a rally car, it's something I think he would ask you, "What is a dishwasher?" And okay, fair enough. I, I mean, I, I, I my, my point, my point being was that, that he appears to be very grounded. So that, yes, that was 100%. that was my point, really. I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm think, making those assumptions right, right enough, yeah. but he no, appears right. to be no, grounded. So right. you assume I, I that he's not behaving like a, he's not behaving like a, a, a spoiled kid. He's not behaving no, like no. a privileged That's or exactly. someone that thinks they have privilege. He's behaving like he's going to work, and he has mm. an understanding of what what's happening around him. So. You assume that his parents have done a lovely job with him. That's my assumption. No, absolutely. And, and yet you have to say that, you know, he is a very normal, you know, late teenager in, in many, many ways, apart from the fact that he drives for a factory team, a World Rally Car and the World Rally Championship. There's a lot. If you met him in the street, if you met him in the bar, uh, you know, he's a very normal guy, David. Absolutely. But I, I still think that we've got away from the question, 
in hand here. You know, what happened through the, the noughties and, you know, into the, into the teens? Where did Finland go? How did it fall apart? And yeah. without kind of laboring this point, I wonder if, you know, with Jockey's backing, putting the Latvala and, and Miko with Malcolm in, in M Sport cars, particularly, you know, latterly when Ford's uh, input into the team was dwindling uh, and he needed some backing and, and needed some investment. Should we not have said earlier, no, these two, you know, they're not quite going to make it and then look elsewhere um, because that could potentially have opened those two seats up to two Finns who had that massive, you know, absolute... And it's very difficult because you don't want to deride what Mikko and what Yari Matti have done. They are superb drivers, but they are, for me, they are fabulous, fantastic number two drivers. Uh, I well, thought briefly when, when Latvala came to VW, this is it. He has the moment. He has everything he needs. Um, and unfortunately, psychologically, I don't think Yari Matti was up to it. Mikko... I, I don't know. I think he was a little bit kind of crushed by Loeb uh, and the Loeb steamroller and, and Loeb got into his head in the way that Ogier got into Latvala's head. I think that the sport got in its own way a little bit there of, of bringing more fins forward. Um, and this is what we do have to be careful of with with the ability to, to, to buy seats. Um, and I'm talking, you know, at a lower, much lower level now. We need to keep this development. You look at what Hyundai is doing with, with its uh, junior program the likes of Hootenen and Callum Devine and people like that that's what we need and and obviously Toyota are doing that with with Calais at a, at a higher level um, we need that we and that is where we're going to get these next fins coming we also need AKK the Finnish governing body um, to mirror perhaps what the FFSA does uh, and of oh. course they do you know every year they, they we we yeah. see you know one driver gets a shot and that's where um, Esapeka, no, he didn't. Tamo Sunanen came from. Um, I think Esapeka yeah. maybe did as well. Um, Sunanen, uh, many others, many other young Finnish drivers got the chance. But David, you know, you talk about perhaps seat blocking effectively by Latvala and by Harvinen. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I get what you're saying, but how difficult was it for really everyone around Yari Mati Latvala to actually say, to stand up and admit? He is not going to be a world champion because even it was, I would say until the third year of Toyota, the third year of Volkswagen, sorry, still we all still on. expected him. Yeah, you know, I remember, yeah. I remember no, Mark Wilson it. when he was at M Sport saying, uh, "Whatever Sebastian Loeb ends up doing in his career, Latvala will do more. Latvala will accomplish yeah. more." And, and that's not that long ago that he said that. And we, you know, Latvala had something very, very special about him, and probably until the third year of the Volkswagen project. I genuinely believed he was the naturally most gifted, fastest driver out there. He could do things, certainly in the pre-Volkswagen years, that no other driver could do. He could win stages by 10, 15, sometimes 20 seconds. And we were I'm, all I'm not just sure waiting. I'd, I'd, I'm not sure I'd go that far. I don't he think did. he was and that he far did. ahead of, of any other driver. He was. Um, he was term, on a particular mm, stage I, at a particular time. And I'm sure I can't give you any... Uh, examples right now no. but on a particular but, you know, stage at a particular time when it all came together he was but absolutely Col, you you could say exactly the same thing about chris meek you know for yes. me at, at, at the, the peak thing. of his power nobody yeah. could touch chris yes. Meek at times yes. it was the same but for me neither of them had the um had the complete package uh and you know perhaps they needed a tiny bit less speed and a stronger mental approach or, a, or yeah. you know, more consistency, whatever. Um, but you're absolutely right. It would have been a very, very brave person to stand up and say, Miko, no. Yari Matti, no, you're not going to make it. Because for, for sure, Miko was a brilliant number two. And, you know, when he was with Gronholm, absolutely he was Gronholm's successor, wasn't he? Um, but it just, it never quite panned out. And I think part of the problem for, for the two of them was that they were both in the same team. Uh, and it got quite comfortable, you know, at, at M Sport for a while with them. Um, I don't know, but it's you wonder as well, George, when you look back in history, you know, maybe are we looking through through rose tinted spectacles here? Because you know we've got Lappy, Sunan, and Robin Perry. We've got three great potentially rally winning Finns in the championship now, just in the same way that we had, uh, you know, Kankan and Mikola Salonen, these people back in the day. But 
it, yeah. it just seems that the sport has changed dramatically as well in terms can of, I, you know... If can you, I jump in with you on that, David? Because that, that's the way I wanted to go back and say, can we look at the future from the past? Because we did have that run. We had Marku Alen, Kankanen, Vatnen, Salonen, Tommy Mackinen, and they all basically were competing not only with their peers from other countries, but within the cut within Finland itself, that they... I've seen this in other sports that sometimes you need to have a really good opponent in your close to you to actually bring out the best in you as well. And you've, you've mentioned, you know, the chaps that we've got now in the championship, but there's been a good 10, 15 years where there was only Miko Hirvonen or Yari Matti Latvala flying the flag for Finland. But yeah, but what, what I was going to say there, Lise, is that is that the sport has changed dramatically in the way that it works. You know, now we have onboards for the, probably the last 10 years we have onboards. So any driver that's coming to, to Rally Finland for the first time will spend weeks, if not months, going over and over and over and over. They will know the stages intimately before they get there. That's something that, you know, back in the day in the 80s and 90s and early noughties, you simply couldn't do. And when you look but back you and you think... you could drive the stages more. But yeah, fine. Yeah, you could. You could have a much longer recce. But we still look back to 19... Was it 1990 when Carlos was the first ever non-Finn mm-hmm. or there. Swede? Yeah, I was th- there, yeah. You know, yet this year, if we were going to Finland, who, you know, would it be an absolute shoe-in for a Finn? Uh, for a Finn? You would have to say no, it, it wouldn't. Um, so what, what changed... In, in that intervening period, you know, we have now probably got a lot more rallies. Um, and I think you get you get less time in Finland. You know, back in the day, you would have had someone like Kosti Hammerlein and these guys that were doing the Finnish championship that would come come along to their to their own WRC round and do really well. Hammerlein, yeah. and we saw, you know, won it one year in, a, in Ford's test car. I, I don't know. He didn't use pace notes. No, exactly. He knew the road so well. You know, he's a brave man yeah. that sat in there with with, with him. Um, but yeah, I it's it's incredibly hard to pinpoint. So, and sometimes you just get that, don't you? You know, we yeah. had it in Britain. You know, we had Colin and Richard, and we were absolutely cruising through, and you know, everything was looking good. And then there was that lull, and you do get mm-hmm. that um, that brief time where you don't have the superstars. So can we yeah. move forward again to Robin Perra? Because I, I don't think. George, I got everything you were saying about him coming from you're know, the right sort of environment. You were absolutely yeah. immersed in rallying from the day he was born. The opportunity was there for him to drive cars from a very early age. That doesn't explain it because we've seen that with lots of other drivers. There is there is something about this kid that is different. Um, but I I do I think I suspect it's more well, than I, one I, thing. I, 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 I think I'm, give you my... I'm right, Carl. I'll stand by what I said. I think it's is 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 his, his dad, his dad has given him all his years of experience, and because they're obviously mates and they get on well together, he's been able to say, "Dad, you're absolutely right. I'm going to take this advice to heart. I'm going to understand it." And he's probably had countless examples, you know, where he's made little mistakes when he's learning to say, "Now, look, I'll let you make that mistake. If you'd listened to what I told you, this wouldn't have happened." So now you can't go out for the next two weekends whilst we repair your car. And you know, he'll have, he'll have learned. He'll have learned. It's brilliant. But also, on top of that, look back to that video of Kelly Rovenbeira as an eight-year-old driving that Toyota Starlet on, on the frozen lake. That is absolute natural talent. You know, natural to feel talent. to feel the physics of the car, the dynamics of how it's mm. moving, and to react to it. You know, he's an eight-year-old child. Yeah. You know, to, yeah, to understand that is, is outstanding. I'm going to tell you a story that I may have told before, but I'm going to tell it again because I think it's probably quite pertinent to this discussion. One of the things, the earliest memories I've got of rallying was actually watching a program called Tomorrow's World. Tomorrow's World used to be all about, um, you know, uh, what was it, George? About tomorrow's World. And about Tomorrow's science. World. New, new, new science inventions. innovations. And science yeah. and innovations and science, understanding science. And there was a feature on Tomorrow's World about Colin McRae. And it was an eminent psychologist, brain surgeon, and someone else that was involved. And they studied Colin McRae. And they studied what he does. And they studied the way... Uh, the the eye the high hand and eye uh, coordination, coordination works, yeah. Yeah. and you know, at the end of this five or ten minute piece, this eminent scientist turned around and said, "He said I don't say this very often, but I don't know what's going on with this man. 
I don't know what's going on. He said there is a very, very well-documented process where you know the eye sees something, the brain reacts to it, it tells the hands what to do, the hands do it, and the message then goes back to the brain that it's done. He said, as far as I can work out, and there is no science behind this whatsoever, McRae bypasses one, maybe two of those processes. Yeah. Now, I suspect, and he said, well, he it's ended up by saying, he ended up process. by saying, yeah. I could be in a rally car for 10 hours a day, seven days a week for the rest of my life, and I would not be able to do what McRae does because I don't have whatever it is that's going on in his brain. I suspect mm-hmm. there's a bit of that with young Robin Perra as well. As you say, David, it is just, mm. it is, he has the environment. The environment is there for him, and the environment is nurturing this God-given natural talent. But he has something very special. I'll tell you what else I think is going to help him, and it's clearly helping him already. It's the fact that he is the first Finnish driver, the first factory Finnish driver in history to drive for a Finnish-based team. That will help him immeasurably as well. There's a lot coming together for Cali Rovenpera that I think but, you know, just affirms but, his destiny. But equally, Colt, you know, the first Finnish driver to drive for a Finnish World Rally Championship team brings massive pressure. And that's the other bit that we've seen from Cali. Is that his, I was just going to say that. Yeah. His ability already to cope and to deal with all of that. It, it's, yeah. it is, it's quite astonishing. And, you know, when we look at, at what he did in, in Sweden with, on the power stage to beat Sebastian Auger, Auger had a very different strategy. We've discussed this already on the podcast that he was looking at the longer game. He didn't want to risk the points that he would have got for for third place um, with the power stage win or whatever. Calais had nothing to lose. And he went for it, but he went for it still. And he talks, you know, we heard him talk about his approach to the power stage in that interview he did there, Col. And they were such difficult conditions. Um, and it totally didn't phase him. He just got on with it. Uh, so you're right. I think, you know, there is, there's an element that simply cannot be learned in all of this. And that's what your Tomorrow's World program would have shown, that it's genetics, it's chromosomes, it's all of the, the that stuff that every now and then, one of these absolute freaks pops up and McRae was one of them and and Calais is one, these absolute genius people. Uh, and it could be that they can do A levels at ten year old at ten years old, or they can drive a rally car like you know, we rarely, rarely see. And mm. Calais is that man and he's gonna save uh Finland from nineteen or twenty years or however many years it is without a championship. I mean, I can absolutely believe all that, but it's, of, of course it's also to do, and, and that's a classic example. There's two kids with fabulous ability. One, one a proven world champion, Colin, and, and Callie, a, a, a prospective one. But basically, you know, there have been lots of other people that, that have probably had the same makeup, but they've not quite had the same opportunity. So it's a matter of leveraging everything correctly. And, you know, Colin had, had uh, Jimmy, who steered him through all the pitfalls. Now, I'm not saying that Colin uh, necessarily listened to his dad all the time and judging by the amount of accidents and seeing his, knowing his dad quite well and speaking to him after some of the events and seeing Jimmy shaking his head at some of the things that happened. You know, I'm sure there was, uh, there was lots going on there, but um, the, the bottom line is Jimmy, Jimmy made sure he got all the opportunities and they leveraged them very carefully, nurtured them, made them happen and did exactly what they should do you know, leverage everything you can. And and, uh, and that's what Jimmy managed to do for Colin, as well as other things you imagine. Uh, but obviously, um, Harry, Harry, through the Timo Yoki operation, through his own efforts, and a lot of his own efforts, you know, um, has has leveraged all the opportunities he can for his son. I, they've, I... Still, they've still got to have that ability, and not all of them do. And, and quite clearly, those two... Well, Colin, we know had it. It would certainly seem that Callie has it. Proof's in the pudding. It'll come. I don't think, you know, from my experience with with Robin Perra, with Harry, he 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 had he had uh, Yoki involved with with Calais career really early, and I think you're exactly right. And but it's actually Yoki that's leveraged all of those opportunities. But he's, sure, push, yeah. he's pushing against an open door with with Tommy. You know, Tommy totally. can see it all, uh, and yeah. to, and Tommy wants. Uh-huh. It's it's the perfect setup, isn't it, for the for the four time Finnish world champion based in Finland with his team to bring on the yeah. young Finn, uh, a local lad as well, another another Yvaskula yeah. boy. You know what can you say? It's perfect. 
Can I just, as a bit of devil's advocate here, we've all spoken about the potential and the skill and the talent that that he has got, but has he been tested yet, really? Now, there is that element where a true champion will know what their skills are, will be able to push them and will be prepared to fail to achieve the ultimate aim. And it's how they come back from failure that actually kind of builds the best champion. And, you know, we, we know how good he is, but he really hasn't been tested. The, the, the ones that we've ah, seen who take he, a knock and then, a, then he keep was going tested. and don't have self-doubt and don't, have, um, don't mind failing on their way to success. No, I, I think he was tested at this, a, a little bit, as much as any driver of, of, of that level of experience can be. I think he was tested a little bit at the start of last year when he, he struggled. He, he had, you remember he went off on the first, pretty much the first yeah. corner, right into the back of, of Temu's car on, on Monty. Then he went into the snowbank in Sweden. Then he had a, a shocking car uh, that just didn't really work for him in Corsica. Nothing like the car that he tested. Um, those three rounds were very, very difficult. And everybody had expected that he would probably have, within three rounds, won the championship. You know, here was a factory Skoda driver uh, that was, you know, he could walk on water. And, and mm. suddenly, three rounds in, he hadn't won a round. He'd crashed once uh, and, he'd, and he'd put the car off twice on the other events. The way he bounced back from that, how was that? Let's remember, won Chile. Then he won, where else? Or Portugal. You know, he won, and from memory, he won three on the bounce. Uh, and, and then he and, had the, the strut problem in Finland. Was that the same year? No, that was no, that was that that was the year before. But again, Cole, you know yeah. the the presence of mind. You know he was leading. I th- from memory, he was leading the the class in Finland, wow, or he wow. was yeah. And and it, the strut came through the bonnet, no problem. Absolutely, just but, get on with it. It's it's these things happen. The year the yeah. year later, he came back to Finland and destroyed everybody yeah. last year. And David, to back up your point, you know that start to the year he had last year was in some ways very similar to the start to the year he had the previous year. You know, and, and there was there was a question mark about perhaps how quickly he was able to get into seasons. You know, we, I think too, mm. we might even be able to go back three years to actually say there was a pattern there. You know, it took him uh, until the fourth or fifth month of the year before he really did get comfortable in the car and up to speed. What he's shown us this year is that really, you know, that was just, it was an unfortunate coincidence. You know, this year, the first three events of the season, he has been nothing short of sensational. So, yeah, I, I think he has, as far as he can be, because, mm. you know, talent-wise, he was, you know, a league above everyone else in the R5 car. Uh, you know, as far as he can be, he has been tested and he has responded very positively to the issues that he's had to face. And, and you know, he's got into that World Rally car this year. He has shown remarkable maturity. He talks remarkably maturely about how to deal with the challenge of the World Rally car. Any suggestion that he's a slow starter to the season completely dispelled. You know, you can only test your mettle against really the opposition that you've got and the circumstances that you face. And every time he has faced a situation, he seems to have come out of it very well. And and the fact that those three events at the start of last year, you know, they were uh, successive, it's... You know, for me, it doesn't matter a thing. The Monty thing was a pace note error. The Sweden thing genuinely caught out. But, you know, how many drivers haven't been in a snowbank? But mm. I also said this before. You watch the onboard of when he goes off on, on Sweden. It is extraordinary. I talked to Timo Jockey about this as well. He goes into the snowbank, tries for reverse, nothing. And uh, his his co-driver, Yoni is calling. The spectators are coming. What is, you know, the the camera facing Calais, what does it show? He takes his hands off the wheel, nothing. Sits there completely, it just absolutely focused on what he's about to do. No emotion whatsoever. They get the car out, tightens the belt, pulls first and away. You know, there's no histrionics, there's no shouting, there's no nonsense. No. Just get on with it. And for me, you know, coming off the back of, of a shunt in Monty to do that in Sweden, you know... It, it shows massive mental strength that is totally disproportionate with a with what would he have been then 19 18 18 year old 18 year old yeah mm. the guy is without a doubt uh, displaying an, an, an exceptional uh, 
degree of maturity, temerity in, in the face of, 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 you know, difficulties, as you mentioned, in Sweden there. It's wonderful, just focused, no hysteronics, not digging a hole for the car, realising, you know, having the patience to wait. That is somebody that's been educated and understood what he's been told all the way through. George, let's 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 perhaps you know. I know we're going to wind this up soon, but let's think who who would he remind you of as a Finn? Because you know, while I was saying that about you know the calmness in the car, is is that a Kankinen? What who would you remind me of? Yeah, uh, in terms of as a Finn. Finn, as a Finn, that very well known Finn, Sebastian Loeb. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's who he reminds me of. What can you say? That's yes. it. But there is an there is an element, you know, for me of Kankinen in terms of that absolute blinding raw speed, and the fact that he can just deal with stuff. It, it's without a doubt. Maybe maybe he's, he's a he's a, a cross between the multitude of Finns. I wouldn't necessarily say it mm. was just one. You know, you could put a bit of Timo Salonen in him. Timo Salonen had that wry, dry attitude where he took everything in his stride and just dealt mm. with it, and had a sanguine attitude to an issue. And, and you never saw him flustered at the end of a stage, particularly even when he was driving the Group B monsters. Um, so maybe a bit of Timo Salonen, which is a pretty good comparison. But you'd also mm. you'd also put a bit of Juha Kankinen in Tom because Juha was not necessarily always an event winner. He was a championship winner. He played mm. the long game when lots of people were unable to do that. So yeah, a bit of Juha in him. Perhaps a bit of Tommy in in that raw ability and that that patience in the car to just get it to deliver everything he wants. To be honest, I've not I've not worked that closely or or, or even talked to Cali that often. Just a couple of times at the end of stages and in service park, so I don't speak from a position of strength. I just see what all our fans see as well. You know your interviews and and you're you're chatting with them. So um, mm. yeah. I'll stand by my words. I think he's Sebastian Loeb. He's basically got that calmness about him. I, I, George, he's a well-known Loeb- fan. Love is a fantastic comparison, a fantastic mm, comparison, yeah. because okay, he, he, he is it. very, very intelligent. Intelligent yeah. in a in a driving way for one so young. But so here's a question as we as you say, David, start to round things up. What year? What year do the Finns <laughs> celebrate their next World Rally champion? Is it next year? Is it twenty twenty two? Is it twenty twenty three? Is it this 20- year? When is it? I think he would struggle to beat Tanak. Um, and it depends. Does Ogier stay next year? Uh, it, it would be difficult for him to beat Ogier uh, mm. next year, I think. So yeah. I, I would have to say, what, what maybe 2022? A tiny wee bit yeah, more experience right required. I would say 22, mm. 23, honestly speaking, is what I would say. Because you need the experience. There, there, there are pitfalls to find. There are... There's more mm. learning to be done. Although we, you know, by by dint of the conversation, we know that he's he's effectively, you know, managed to pass that on steroids. You know, literally by by learning and and being smart. So, yeah, possible twenty two, but twenty three certainly. If the the right opportunity comes, he might even do it in twenty one. You know, this, I wouldn't. It's not it's not a guessing game. It'll be what it'll be. This is the nature of our sport, though, isn't it, George? You know, yeah. you can go to Argentina for the first three years and have a completely bone dry rally think you're completely on top of it or a, mm. a, a Finland then you go back yep. in the wet and it is a very yeah. different rally that needs yeah. another three years to bring yeah. you back up to speed it, it is a rally is definitely no matter what we say about it and skill and everything and Sebastian Loeb would, would and, and Sebastian Oji would agree and so would Otanak it's all about experience it's all about mm. understanding what's going to come and how to deal with it um and some of it, you know, we, we, we talked about the Colin McRae having that unexplainable something. It, it, you know, it, it's all to do with learning and, and cataloguing experience so that you're coming down to a corner, you know what's going to happen at that corner, so you've already reacted to it before it's happened because you had the experience to know what was going to happen. So, yeah, I think, unfortunately, ultimately, you can't totally shortcut that. And we've seen that We've seen that with, with young Cali, although still... He's still far ahead of the curve, uh, the expected curve, even even in the most optimistic manner. So, yeah, I think he could he could pull a flanker. I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was necessarily out of the question, but um, so, yeah, it, it might it might require us to hit events that are favourable for him in yeah. favourable conditions and not to, as you say, David. You know, going to a GB where it snows might not be the best thing for him, type thing. You know, or mm. a, a very wet, David, a, very, us, a very wet Argentina. Remind us, David. How old Colin McRae was when he won the championship? Ooh, uh, 26, <laughs> was he? Um, 27, wasn't he? 27. 
and was he was our God's youngest sake, world Colin, manager. Give me some warning with these questions, sorry, please. Mate, sorry, I, I, I'm furiously <laughs> googling right now. <laughs> no, I think I think he. Yeah, 27, George. You're exactly right. I think. Yeah. Um, and he, yeah. And he was our youngest was world years, champion. That was ten he? years of driving experience. Ten years of driving experience, Colin. And you know, from the start, Colin was doing you know two rallies a weekend. He was doing he was doing rallies every weekend. And he you know he did trials, motorbikes. He did he did road rallies. He did he did um, auto tests. He did everything. And it still mm. took him ten years. And he you know that's exactly right. And some of those you look at some of the events that he did. Uh, you know, he he got great, great experience at a very young age. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think he. Uh, but it, I mean, in, we, you know, it went in, and I think I think he did it very quickly. But still, it was ten years. But we did see, you know, we saw young. We've seen young drivers. We've never seen a teenager win uh, a WRC round yet, and I think potentially coronavirus could could cost us that. Let's not forget, you know, there is there are younger guys coming through with with the likes of Oliver Solberg, but perhaps they're running out of their teenage years. But we've talked about this guy a lot already. Latvala, he, he remains the youngest, doesn't he? At when he won Sweden in his first year in the factory car. So that would be 08. Uh, eight, so yeah, he was, he, yeah. he just beat, he just beat um, Toivonen, didn't he? And Toivonen was 24 when he won uh, mm. the RAC in 1980. So Yari Matti was what, 22, 23, something like that. Um, but it, it, this is not, it's still not really uh, a super, super young guy sport in the same, and not in the way that you could expect Max Verstappen to go in and win uh, in Formula One. Rallying, mm-hmm. we've said it a hundred times, it's not like that. You know, every corner changes with every car. Um, and you, and as Kibitza discovered, you know, you roll here this year, you're not coming back for another 12 months. Uh, you, you know, it yeah. takes years. I remember that. Fabulous, the absolute oracle uh, of all things rallying and all things rally, rally journalism. David Williams used to um, use the analogy that rallying was like spin bowling. Uh, you know, a good spin bowler isn't the guy that's that's in his his late teens, early twenties. He's probably in his mid twenties to late twenties, and he's understood year after year after year, bowling on pitch after pitch after pitch and wicket after wicket. He understands, you know what. Uh, you know, heavy weather means at Headingley, this kind of thing. It's David, experience. I, yeah, and I love that analogy, David. And but I suspect memory. half half we of our listeners of time chaps. and half of our listeners are probably gonna go, What? What's cricket? What's spin bowling? But that's that's a story for another day. A fantastic story, but but you're right, boys. I, I think what we yeah. have uh, a fantastic yeah. future. In, con- in conclusion, we're, we're all in agreement, aren't we? We think we think the guy's the guy's brilliant and he is gonna be the next finish. Finish uh, WRC champion with with Timo and um, Esapeka still in with a shout, of course. Absolutely. Agreed. You've heard it, but I would go back if you have time and check out Colin's video with Callie Rovenpera on dirtfish.com. It's there right now. If you have just found us, why not subscribe and get plenty more podcast rally news as soon as it's available? It'll drop into your podcast section on your listening device. But uh, that is it for. Now, I'm very much looking forward to what we're going to talk about next week, chaps, because we'll just be a little bit closer to actually having some proper rally action, maybe. Yay! Yay! Yeah, looking forward oh, to it. Yes, we'll please, yes, please, yes, please, yes, please, yes, please, yes, please. Give me that rally. Oh. Yeah.